welcome to my mommy's podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Wellness. That's wellness with an E on the end. My personal care line focused on creating safe and natural products that nourish your body from the outside in so you can feel great about your family using them. I'm so excited about our best-selling mineralizing toothpaste that now comes in three different options. Our best-selling original mint, charcoal for extra whitening, and now strawberry flavored, which is absolutely a kid favorite. Unlike most toothpaste, ours doesn't have a poison control warning because it only contains ingredients that are safe and beneficial to your oral microbiome and to your tooth enamel. It's centered around hydroxyapatite, which is a naturally occurring mineral that's used in tooth enamel. It also contains things like aloe, neem, and green tea to naturally support the optimal oral microbiome balance in the mouth, which is a big factor because when the oral microbiome gets out of balance, it can go one of two directions, in the direction of strep mutants, which leads to cavities and tooth decay, or toward gingivitis. And those don't actually happen at the same time, but they're competing opportunistic bad bacteria. And our formula helps naturally work against both of those and support the natural microbiome of the mouth. Our thousands of happy customers tell us how much fresher their mouths feel and how their teeth keep getting whiter and stronger naturally. I'd love for you to check it out. You can check out our toothpaste and all of our amazing products at wellness.com. That's W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-E.com. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Valley. You might've heard me talk about them before because my family really loves all of their products, especially their beef sticks. But another one we use daily this time of year is their essential C supplement. Vitamin C is well known for its ability to support a strong immune system, and they use three of the most potent vitamin C-rich superfoods on the planet, the amla berry, the kamu kamu berry, and the acerola cherry for 450 milligrams of natural whole food sourced vitamin C per serving. Nothing synthetic, no harsh chemicals, just food. And this is important because food doesn't have the nutrient density it once did. In fact, because of the damage done to our topsoil from over-harvesting and aggressive agricultural methods, the soil is less nutrient-dense, and therefore, the food that grows in the soil is less nutrient-dense. In fact, one study found you'd have to eat eight oranges today to get the nutrients that our grandparents would have gotten from just one orange. And humans are one of the only mammals that don't make our own vitamin C, meaning it's vital to get it from diet. Studies have shown that vitamin C can benefit mental health, sleep quality, and of course, immunity. It can also lower the stress hormone cortisol in the body, which is a big deal this time of year, especially. You can check out their Essential C supplement and all of their products at paleovalley.com forward slash mama and use the code mama15 at checkout to save 15% on your order. So again, that's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com forward slash mama, M-A-M-A, and the code mama15 to save 15%. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com and wellness.com. That's wellness with an E on the end. And this topic is going to be probably a new one for some people listening, and I will admit there are elements of it I'm still learning and don't fully understand yet. But we talk about creating and curating life force energy, also about things like reducing EMFs and how that ties in as well. And I'm here with the founders of FLFE, which is Focused Life Force Energy. And we talk about things like high consciousness fields, harmonizing with versus mitigating EMFs and what that looks like, how they tested this technology and the scientific backing for it, uh, and a whole lot of other directions. I'm here with two people, 
Jeff and Clayton. Clayton has over 25 years of experience in this field, and he is the student of Dr. David Hawkins in kinesiology, and he has a whole set of protocols related to this. It's We get in depth and I explain more what it is. I know it sounds a little esoteric right now, but he has a lot of work in the exploration of consciousness and nonlinear healing technologies including the development of this program, FLFE, with Jeff Stegman, who has focused on creating a high consciousness culture in his businesses and in businesses around and related to this technology. So like I said, it's we get into the specifics. They explain better than I could what this is and how it works. But in general, it's about creating a field within your home that is calming and loving and also has a measurable effect they're finding in research in harmonizing EMFs. So I will let them explain it from here. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Clayton. Clayton and Jeff, welcome. Thanks so much for being here today. Glad to be with you, Katie. Nice to see you, Katie. I am excited for this conversation and we're going to get to go deep on one particular topic that I think might be somewhat new for the audience and then a lot of different subtopics below that. But before we jump into that, I would love to just let the audience hear a little background about both of you and how you got into this area of research. I have notes that, Jeff, you're becoming a farmer to apply some of the things we're going to talk about today and that Clayton was a commercial fisherman in um, earlier in life. So I'd love to just hear maybe some of the story of what brought you both to this work. Well, I could start... Yeah, it seems from an early childhood, I love science fiction. I loved getting lost in like the possibility of a much bigger world than we saw around us. And even in um, late grade school, early high school, I did, I did um, sensory deprivation experiments with myself and was looking for ways to leave my body. But meanwhile, both feet were on the ground, have been on the ground built, built uh, a family business with my brother, very long-term employees, and building a, a culture of, a conscious culture of sort of, you know, heart-centered business. And um, that's how I met Clayton. He was actually coaching in business as a spiritual path. And so I began to work with him. But my, I was an early meditator too. I started, my mother She's very smart. She, I was smoking pot at the time in high school or actually early eighth grade. So she introduced me to transcendental meditation and the drugs ended and I meditated with her, you know, for the next doing, doing transcendental meditation through high school. So, so just early on, I've really been interested in kind of what's behind and what's under the hood of life. And um, my time with Clayton is when he was coaching me was digging, digging under that hood. It's like he used uh, kinesiology or muscle testing to test my level of consciousness in different areas of my life. And he would find these, <laughs> he would find these hidden gems that I thought I, I hid so well. In fact, sometimes they were so well hidden, they were unconscious, but finding those, those low consciousness areas in my life then allowed me to consciously work and raise those raise those areas up and experience more freedom and joy you know and, and love in those areas of my life and that's that was sort of the path that took us to the F, FLFE technology that we discovered which is a consciousness technology that activates high consciousness fields and I can Handed it off to you, Clayton. That's you discovered it and then brought me in. 
Yeah, well, as Katie said, I um, I was a commercial fisherman at one point in my life, and so it does connect to my upbringing where I found peace in nature. That was the place that I could always go, and uh, a lot of that I found through fishing. I spent a lot of time walking along the sides of rivers, and I think probably the combination of you know exercise and getting uh, getting the body tired enough so that the chatter of the mind is reduced and then being in the presence of, you know, the beauty of nature. That's where I found a lot of my peace as a young man. And um, there were some options when I was in high school. One of them was, was traveling and uh, seeing a bit of the world before I made a decision as to what I wanted to do in the world. And so I did travel for a while and uh, I was one of those people that, now it's called van life. Back then it was a truck and camper. <laughs> and I, it's like, oh, well, you know, I want to have a place to sleep, but I don't want to sleep in a tent. So I bought an old truck and an old camper. I mean, old. And be, call, I think they call them beaters. I don't know what they call them beaters down where you live, but I think call them beaters up here. So I, I drove around Canada for about a year. And, um, you know, I did a few kind of labor type jobs. So fishing was one of them. Worked in the oil field, you know, did... <laughs> I did labor jobs. I was a young man with not a lot of education or training. So that's the work that was available to me. And I got involved in a philosophical organization pretty, pretty deeply. I was really interested in trying to make sense of some things uh, in my life and in the world. And uh, so I figured I needed to get really good at one particular way of looking at life. And so I chose a philosophy and I got deeply involved in that. And that led me into ed education. I spent about 11 years from about 84 to 95 in the education field. I had a, I was a commercial fisherman for a while in there. I kind of went back to that part of my life because I really enjoyed it. But my love for education and teaching and learning was bigger. So that led me into uh, individual coaching back in 1995, which is ancient in the coaching world. And because I'd spent 11 years in this Eastern-based philosophy before that and working in private schools, I chose a specialty of uh, working with business leaders who considered business their spiritual path. And I chose that because in the world, it seems that business has the power right now for, for good or for bad, right? In the past, it might've been the arts or uh, in you know, a certain time in our history, it was a religion or religious institutions. So I figured I could do the most good in the world with the least amount of effort. I mean, it's just one person. Not that I didn't wanna make an effort, but you kind of look for that sweet spot where you can do the most good with your effort. And for me, it was business leaders who considered their business as their spiritual path. Jeff and I are gearheads, so we like to tinker with things and machines. And um, worked at a, I worked at a gas station for like four years part time when I was in high school. And I took I know I took the academic part of high school, but I also took shop and I took auto shop and machine shop and electronics and blueprint reading. So it's pretty oriented towards that. My dad was a tradesman printer, so our family was kind of technical that way. And so eventually, I. You know, in a combination with exploring kinesiology and being interested in kind of machines and education, I came across these uh, this inventor who was part of a group of inventors who they were trying to create a free uh, a free energy device for humanity. 
And they didn't do that, but they kind of stumbled upon a way to focus life force energy on objects. And little, you know, little did I know that was the beginning of the ex the FLFE, you know, journey. Yeah, we, this guy was just sort of energizing these crystals and putting them around his house. And you know, his house was like amazing. It was such a highly charged environment. And so I got to know this gentleman and we worked together for a few years and then I introduced Jeff to him. And yeah, that's part of the part of the journey. I very much resonate with your story and saying like, where can my effort make the most difference and provide the most love? And for me, I'm in deep gratitude every day that my work is with other women and moms, because for me, I think that's part of my life purpose is that when we support moms, we support not just moms, but families and the culture as a whole. And so that's why I was excited to get to have this conversation with you guys. And you mentioned high consciousness fields, which I'm guessing is a new term potentially for a lot of people listening. So I would love to start very basic and broad and have you guys explain that concept and maybe give some examples to help people kind of understand and anchor what that means. Yeah, we believe that consciousness is everywhere, that it's, that it's all around us. And we follow uh, Dr. David Hawkins' work. One of his books is Power Versus Force. And he outlined consciousness fields and uh, levels of consciousness. And I, and I would say that we experience this every day, that everyone experiences it every day. So if you're walking around the world and you go into somewhere that's very elevated, it's a high consciousness area. So that could be, you know, a synagogue or a church or a cathedral, particularly some of the cathedrals in Europe are very high because they were designed that way with the architecture and the sort of the earth, uh, the features of the earth where they built the, the cathedrals. So when you walk into a place like that, I experience it in my body as like an energy, like a, a almost an excitement and a calmness, like my mind starts to really quiet down. And I've noticed that in cathedrals, when I was touring Europe, where I would walk in the door, I would feel it. But the closer I got to the front of the to the nave and the, the front of the church, the, the stronger it got and the blanker my mind went. And what that effect is, is walking into a high consciousness field that's getting higher and higher the closer you get to the place where the priest would, would, would do his thing. In low consciousness fields, you could experience in an old prison, a battleground. Like if you've ever been to one of those places, there's just sort of a, a low energy feeling like a heaviness, uh, maybe even emotions or thoughts could come up. And we believe that thought forms and emotions can be present historically in a location like that, or every location, uh, that human beings are such strong broadcasters of our energy that, that it can be held in the crystalline structure of the building materials or the ground or drywall even. So those are some examples walking around and it's, it's kind of that feeling people talk about, like, I don't like the energy of this place or this, this feels really good. Well, that feel, it's, it's a feeling in our bodies and we believe our bodies are very sensitive instruments to this because it's part of our survival. And like you walk into a place that doesn't feel good, you, you get on edge, you know, you're like looking over your shoulder, like what's going on here. And that's, you know, helps us to, to, to deal with what might be coming. So we believe those fields are everywhere. And 
what the FLFE technology does is to activate a higher high consciousness field like the cathedral field. And Clay, did you have any follow-ups to that before I ask an add-on question? Yeah, I'll have some practical examples of this and maybe one that would be unique, not unique to women, but I think they would appreciate. A practical example of a high consciousness field would be, I mean, there's there's an undeniable bond in my experience and in the experience of every mother I've ever talked to between a, a, a mother and her child. It's not that men don't have a connection as well, but it's just a different connection. So when you're thinking of somebody and you're wondering how they're doing and you're sending them a positive thought and then they call you, they said, I was just thinking about you, right? I've never talked to a mother who doesn't know about that. So that would be an example of a high consciousness field. Now, I mean, that could turn to worry instead of like awareness could turn to worry and concern. But I would say that the FLFE technology has some parallels to the capacity that humans have to create a connection between love and another person or another space. And I don't know why, but I'm, I'm just having this thought to tell you the story. So I have some friends on Salt Spring Island in Canada. I used to live in Vancouver. I'm uh, up in Nelson now. And that's where the head office of the company is. And I went over to Salt Spring Island to visit these people. And uh, this lady, uh, there was a birthing class there. I don't know if they call them doulas or it was just women who you know, help babies get born. There's a name for it. It'll come to me. Uh, midwives. So this lady was in this group and uh it just so happened that that morning one of the mornings i was there there was a birth that happened she'd been up most of the night and this baby had been born and she came back to the house for a minute because she had to get something and she wanted to go back and the energy that she came in with was it was extraordinary and it's like well i said what just happened you're just glowing she says well this baby just got born and she said it's like a miracle you know it's like a it's the energy of like miraculous beauty and love. And I was just like, to this day, I just like, I can just think about that and I can feel it. And she said, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking of having another child. It was such a beautiful thing to bring into the world. And, and for some reason I'm getting, I know I've never, I don't think I've ever told that story to many, very many people, but I, mean, I think for you, Katie, that just feels so relevant because a lot of the people you serve are mothers. And if a, you know, I'm, if a mother has experienced that, she's experienced an extraordinary energy field because I think that when a child gets born, something happens that is amazing. And I haven't seen a birth and I haven't really been close to one, but that's the closest I've ever been, maybe within 15 minutes, uh, half an hour. So I feel like you can't create that type of environment, but it does create a, like a sanctuary, a sacred, like a holy place kind of environment in its own way. It depends, you know, people have a lot of influence on it. We just can't, make the environment be a certain way, but we can certainly have it be at a a type of, in a consciousness level that is unconditionally loving. And then it's up to everybody else to add to it what they, what they can and what they want from there. I love that you use that as an example. I'm actually a doula and have started student midwifery training. Um, I've also, the probably six most impactful moments of my life are the six moments that my children were born. And I think you're exactly spot on. I've now had the honor of being at many births as well and holding space for these women. And there is a very definite shift in that room, especially like leading up to and around that moment of birth. And I remember very clearly when my first child was born, that just overwhelming feeling of love and bliss and peace 
and like that connection that was immediate to him and like having that realization of, wow, I, I love people in my life, but I've never experienced this level of love until this moment. And it was neat because that then I feel like rippled out to other relationships in my life. Like it upgraded my capacity to love everyone, not just my baby. And so when we talk about consciousness, I think you're right. Moms can resonate with that innate feeling that maybe you can't tangibly put into words so easily, but you know that feeling when it comes to your children. I do feel like probably everyone has heard of the term consciousness by now. It's tossed around a lot. I think it sometimes maybe gets misused or tied into a lot of other things. But let's go a little deeper on the idea of consciousness. You mentioned um, Dr. Hawkins. It kind of walk us through how this is measured or maybe just give us some tangible metrics because I think it can feel like an abstract concept to a lot of people. So I'd love to kind of like anchor that in and make it as tangible as possible before we jump into more specifics. I could start and hand it off to you, Clayton. Yeah, these these examples, you know, that moment of a baby being born, which I've experienced twice with my own children and I was just getting goosebumps while we were talking about it. So, you know, there's a consciousness field there, it gets activated. And then we can think about that and access it ourselves later, like you said. And as we said, there's high fields like the cathedrals, there's lower places like, you know, where there's been grief or torture, you know, tragedy of some kind. Uh, In fact, in Japan, if someone commits suicide in an apartment, people won't rent it because there's more likely to be another suicide. So that's a consciousness field there. So Dr. David Hawkins created a map of consciousness that goes from one, you know, there's always some consciousness to infinity. So you could say divinity is infinity. And in the human realm, it's to a thousand. And so on that scale, which is logarithmic, each point upward is 10 times more energy present in the field. So down below 200 on that map, you know, there's lethargy and depression and some of the lower energy, lower consciousness fields. So like if you're around somebody that's depressed, that, that heavy feeling, that's, that's, a, that's a low consciousness field. And then as, as you move over 200, um, you're moving into hope and into the love zone at 500. And I'll, I'll let you take it from there, Clayton. You've got so much experience in this. Yeah, we, we do a lot of uh, kinesiology testing, Katie, in the company. And so unconditional love starts around 540. And uh, around 600, you start to get into peace. 700 on the Hawkins map is enlightenment. And from, uh, from 700 to 1,000 is, are sort of the realms of the mystic enlightened beings who've lived on the planet, the, the Buddhas, the Krishnas, the Jesus, those, those type of beings. If you're looking at some of the emotions below 200, you typically the, the scale uh, of consciousness starts at 20, it's shame. And then 50 is kind of apathy. 100 is fear. 150 is anger. 190 is you know, kind of excessive pride. And as Jeff said, kind of that 200 mark is where things become positive. So you have courage at 200, 250 is neutral, 300 is willingness, you know, 300, 350 is willingness, really closer to 350. And then 400 is reason. It's when you get into logic and the professions like accounting, you know, professional standards, legal profession. And 500 is love. Yeah, so at FLF, the FLF environment, we guarantee it will be 
so we have a consciousness slider where you can actually slide the level of consciousness or move it up and down in your property. It will never, it will never, it will never take energy away, but it will add it up to that level to ensure it's at that level or more. And you can move it from 400 to 570. So the default for FLFE is 550. And that is the, the area of unconditional love. So it's 550 out of a thousand. And we guarantee that 98% of the time or whatever level you set it at 98% of the time over a 24 hour period, because things do happen in a house or in any environment where there's a disruption for a little bit. And you want to positively influence the environment, but you don't really don't want to take people's control away. I mean, you're, you're a sovereign person. It's not anybody's place to control it, but we do add a lot of love to it. And then uh, from there, it's what people make of it. We also have things like boosts, like you can boost the consciousness for half an hour up to 600. So there's things like this. We have a control panel. You go in and you get to be your own consciousness experimenter, I guess. We call it that, Jeff. Do we call it a, mm-hmm. yeah, there's plenty of name for it. But you get to experiment with levels of consciousness and your own, your own way of relating to it. I think of that as I often talk about the nutrition and physical health side. And I say often to people, you are your own primary healthcare provider and your own health researcher. And you can work with amazing practitioners and partners in that. But at the end of the day, that experimentation and that responsibility resides in each of us individually and no one else can take over that responsibility for us. And so I feel like this is applying that same idea to this other realm that maybe people haven't considered. And you mentioned kinesiology and I'll admit this is an area I haven't done a ton of research on it. And I know I like have it in the past at least been skeptical about, and I'm trying to understand better. So I would love for you to explain kinesiology and how that process works a little bit, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. So kind of going back to the sensitivity that we all have. So when you walk into that room and it doesn't feel right or the energy feels good. So we believe our bodies are instruments, strong instruments for measuring consciousness around us these consciousness fields. And kinesiology is a uh, muscle testing. So this has been pioneered by a number of people and Dr. Hawkins took it to another level where it's the strength of the muscle in the presence of truth. So the concept is that we're connected to, in our core, to all that is. Whether it's dimensional or it's divine, however you think of it, that we're, we're connected to all that is. And that presence of truth uh, is strengthening to the system. And the presence of falsehood is weakening. So it's the principle of uh, the strength of the muscle uh, in, you know, in the presence of a statement. So the statement, you know, it's either true or it's not true. And there may be gradations. So we measure on a scale where we would say, you know, on a scale of one to a thousand, the Dr. David Hawkins map of consciousness, level of consciousness of this property over the previous 24 hours calibrates at, you know, strong 200 or more, strong 400 or more, strong 500 or more, weak 600 or more, and then back up, you know, 520 or more strong, 530 more, 540 or more, strong 550 weak. It's between 540 and 550. So we have a team of people that do this testing. And what we do is we test individually and then, you know, compare. So we're doing the testing of the properties. And then Clayton and I have done millions of these kinds of tests on the development of, of FLFE. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit out there and 
but you see it in can you, you see it in um, allergists. I went to an allergist where he had a cuff on me that measured the pressure of his finger so that it wouldn't, you know, he wasn't pressing harder on my arm to keep it, you know, make it go down. And then he would hand me these jars of materials and I would put it close to my chest and I'd be strong, strong until I got a jar that I was allergic to and then I would be weak. Um, so that was an interesting way of measuring the force that you're putting on the arm. If you have another question or we can pass it to Clayton. Another practical example of kinesiology that's used in day-to-day -day life is, uh, is allergists, but also nutritionists. If you go to a nutritionist, they'll hold supplements in front of you and they'll scale them as to how good they are. And um, I've been going to chiropractors for, I don't know, 20-something years. And all the, my favorite ones and the ones that I keep going back to are the ones that do kinesiology. You know, you're on the table, they, they, they do a couple of standard adjustments and then, uh, you know, typically if I'm lying there, they'll put my, my arm up and they'll push it down and see how strong it is. And if it's weak, then they'll do a couple of adjustments and then it's stronger, right? And they'll go to the other arm and they go to the leg and they, you know, so that's a form of kinesiology. It's one of the, I, I don't know much about chiropractic, but I was told there are seven schools of kinesiology, sorry, seven schools of chiropractic. And one of them is kinesiology focused. And that's how it looks like in a chiropractor's office where they, They'll assess your body. They make an adjustment. They test the strength of the muscle, and that's how they know the adjustment's done. And so it's used a lot in the world. It's just uh, the consciousness aspect of it is is kind of unique. I think it's it's just well, it's an emerging field. I wouldn't say it's unique. It's emerging. Yeah, and I think I've only really had exposure to it in the chiropractic context. And I'm glad I have you guys here to ask this because I've been so genuinely curious about this for a long time and kind of the idea that's been popularized recently of the idea of biology of belief and if we believe something that can influence. And so I've always wondered when it comes to kinesiology and muscle testing, does bias on the part of either the person being tested or the tester come into play at all? I know you said it is centered in truth and true statements. Um, I've just been very curious about that. Like if someone believes something is good for them, would the body respond more strongly? Or if the tester believes something is good for them, does that impact it at all? Well, the way you would, one of the ways you would deal with that is you would do what we call blind testing. Let's say that I was the calibrator. I was making the statement. You were the subject, uh, Katie. You, you're, you're, your arm, you're pushing your arm down. And Jeff was the auditor, right? So that's how we will typically learn kinesiology together. So you have a calibrator, a subject, and an auditor. So in this case, the auditor wouldn't have much of a role. But what I would do is I would make the positive declarative statement only in my mind. You would not know what I'm saying. So that's one way to manage bias. And another way is to really have your, your declarative statements be pristine in their accuracy. You can, if you get good enough at this, you can measure the level of consciousness of your statements. And, you know, over time, there are ways to, um, you know, when we, when we do our property testing, there's usually at least three of us. So there's ways of looking for statistical uh, validation through mean averages of groups. Groups. So there's, there's ways to manage it. And to say that bias doesn't matter, I, I don't think would be a fair statement. You just have to learn to manage bias. Like if there's a topic, you can test the le your level of consciousness of truth on that topic, right? And then you can test the level of consciousness of your intent towards an outcome, right? So there's a bunch of things you can do to increase the odds of you getting good data in the environment, including testing on known controls, you know, before you go in. So it, it, it is a profession. 
lot of people just think, oh, I could just pick up a book and learn it in half an hour. It's like, well, maybe you can, but if you want to get good at it, my sense is it takes a couple of years. Yeah, that's what your experience is, Jeff. Like, yeah, I think the bias is it's an important question. And some of these biases are unconscious. And that's why we have groups, you know, because, and we'll be working on something and two of us get one answer, one person gets another. All right, let's stop. Let's, you know, and it could be that one person has become dehydrated because the body needs to be in really good shape. So having hydration at a certain level, if it gets low enough, I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you get cranky when you get, you're thirsty, that's like, that's a switch. So you've gone negative. So you actually get the opposite result in kinesiology when that happens. Yeah, it's an interesting subject and we've been deep in it for 10 years or so. And Clayton much longer before that, but he taught, taught me how to do it. And then we have a team of people in the business that assist us. And it's really an interesting tool. I mean, you can really discover things, the truth of something. And when it comes to research in the business, so we work with Dr. Gary Schwartz on a research team. He's written a number of books at the University of Arizona, and he's been a great bridge between science and some of these new energy healing techniques. Uh, he's done quite a bit of research with biophoton cameras and Reiki and other kinds of techniques. And he's really keen to do a kinesiology study with us this year. So we're like likely to do that this year. It does feel like we're in a place where we're starting to see that merge of technology and science understanding things that have truly kind of been age old in a lot of other practices. And it's really fascinating to me to get to watch that progression happen. And I, I could go probably ask a ton more questions about kinesiology, but I want to make sure we actually get back to this technology, because I think you explained really clearly that feeling. And I'm sure people can think of times in their lives, like I've also walked into cathedrals and felt that shift or even places in nature where I felt that shift or felt it when my children were born, but also we can't, unfortunately, often all of us live in those places or constantly just have babies to get to experience that. So I'd love to talk about how you guys are merging the technology with this consciousness kind of age old science that has always existed to create this and, and how we can all create these higher consciousness fields in our own lives. Well, we uh, kind of stumbled upon a technology that existed the intent, as I said, was to create a free energy device for humanity. And this gentleman's intent was to, he was a, a millwright, tool and die maker, electrician. He was an older German man who was you know, highly capable in terms of technical skills. And the way he related to divinity was really through making stuff. You know, that's just how he did it. You know, some people are farmers or family men or family women or whatever, business people. And his way was to make stuff. I think it's important to remember that, you know, intent matters a lot. And divinity expresses through everything. It expresses through nature. It's kind of easier to find for me there. So for some people, it expresses through, you know, technology. This technology was born out of intent to serve and um, he spent a lot of years at it and I helped him refine it quite a bit, uh, a lot. And then we took it to a whole other level. So there is, there is an emerging group of technologies that are able to support humanity, just like 
the internal combustion engine supported humanity. And uh, I'm just talking from a real broad spec, uh, spectrum here, Jeff, I'll hand it over to you in a minute. I mean, we're talking on computers that have fiber optics, you know, or, or cables going through the ground or the radio transmissions going through the, to the air. And we're able to, to be of service to your audience, Katie, and you're able to help, you know, the, the women in your life that you want to connect with. So, you know, we're pretty oriented towards service and divinity and a higher power and high consciousness fields. So that's the way that we see the world and that's the way that we frame it. And there's all types of technologies out there. We just bought a Skinar device, which is a, it uses a positive electrical stimulus to help uh, strengthen the, I guess, the, the structure of the body where it's used. I've just been getting into Jerry Tennant's work a little bit more. He talks about the importance of vo voltage in the body and how to increase your positive voltage. So there's lots of emerging technologies out there that can support us to be healthier. And, you know, we're, we're one of them. So it really is very similar to human consciousness and that mechanism of thinking of someone and then, you know, feeling love and sending them love. And there's a, what we believe happens is there's a field activated around the person that's full of love and that's what they feel and they benefit from that. And, you know, distant prayer, some of the research on distant prayer and Reiki and other energetic medicine at a distance is the same, the same mechanism. So we actually, uh, there's a system, there's a, a physical FLFE system that is, you could say a quantum energy system, a consciousness system. So it has originally, the original inventor was working with similar technology to Nikola Tesla. Originally it was high-speed alternating current running through coils and plates, and it was creating an energetic field through that oscillation. And it's evolved since then to not need the electricity in that way. But essentially thoughts, just like us identifying someone, you know, we think of a sister or brother, the, the FLFE system uses a unique identifier. So it might be a phone number, uh, which identifies a cellular device. It might be an address that identifies a property. It might be a coordinates, a, a, you know, in the space around the coordinates. And so with that identification, then a there's a quantum connection and a field's activated at that location. So just, just like human consciousness, our system works. And so we're putting into this system written instructions that identify that location that has the unique identifier in it. And, you know, that is activating the field. And what we, we've done a number of experiments along the way to say, how can we quantify this? You know, how can you see this? It's so esoteric sounding, right? Well, we, what we've done is, is blinded experiments now with uh, plants growing. And so that activation of the field and in an, in an environment, um, plants are growing much faster. So we're seeing, you know, we saw in very early preliminary experiences, like uh, experiments, 29% increase in growth. And we're seeing a similar kind of 14 to 29% increase in yield in a large farm study that we did this past year, where we had uh, farmers doing organic 
grains, ancient grains, and part of the fuel is on FLFE and part of it wasn't. So we had control controls and they were measuring bushels per acre with their sophisticated farm equipment. And there was like 14 to 28% increase in yield. I mean, and that's, so that was, farmer didn't know which, which, you know, uh, acres were which. And um, that was a follow on to some of these other plant experiments where life is benefiting. You can see it in, in the plant growth. And that came out of the stories of FLFE customers. So FLFE is a subscription service. So I guess we should say that where people it's $35 for the highest end. And then for families, we have some lower price um, levels for children's phones and things like that down to $10 or $12 a month. But that activation of the field, people were seeing their plants growing and they were seeing their yards looking greener and their shrubs looking greener compared to the place down the street. And that's what led us to these, you know, experiments. And that's sort of the pathway for us is we heard first from the customers and from our own experiences in the field. And then we take it into research and we've done some work with IONS, the Institute of Noetic Sciences. They've done experiments on the FLFE environment. And then Dr. Gary Schwartz and our research team are, are working on a number of other experiments. Well, there is a, a research tab on our website where you can go in and look at the research that we did with the Institute of Noetic Sciences and with a gas discharge visualization camera in an environment which showed less chaos in the environment, more harmony. We have six or seven experiments up there anyway. We had one where people had all, you know, those things that they put on your body uh, and they measure your brain waves. EEG. Mm-hmm. EEG, yeah, I was going to say EKG, but it was EEG. So there was an increase in certain brain waves that are associated with, you know, peace and harmony. Uh, executive functions as well. So there's uh, more alpha waves than the previous one. So there is some, there's quite a, there's quite a bit of research that we actually have done. And so it's not just us saying that something without having evidence to back it up. And the brain, the brain research at IONS really came out of parents talking about changes in their children, uh, particularly around homework and school performance. So when there's more life force energy in a space, so we, we talked about going into cathedral and there's that really enlivened feeling when there's more life force energy available, it comes into the body and, you know, people that practice yoga might, might know it as prana and Chinese medicine is chi and that flow of chi through the body is really important for our health. That when there's more chi, prana, life force energy, they're all the same thing in the environment. Our body is pulling that in and using it including for cognition. And um, when there's parts of the brain that are starved for energy because they're working really hard, one of our FLFE, what we call programs, our suggestions in the field is for more energy to go to the areas where there's the least energy available. And so that has shown up in people just feeling like they have more energy through the day and performance uh, at IONS, and this was a small study, and we need to follow it up with a larger study. That's the, pro- the kind of process we're on as you do a preliminary study. Um, there was an increase in cognitive function with the study group who were in an FLFE environment compared to people that weren't, or compared to being in, not in an FLFE environment prior. 
so that life force energy available to the body is one of the general principles that we talk about. A lot of yogis and um, people in in diff- different Eastern philosophies are looking to, to concentrate prana through chant, chanting and uh, breath control, you know, breath, special breathing practices. Feng Shui is designed to concentrate more energy in a space. And then we're a technology to add even more energy. And I'll make sure, I know you have that research tab you mentioned. I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes for everybody listening. That's wellnessmama.fm. You guys can find all of that. And I'm going to make sure we talk about EMFs too. So I'm going to put that on the in the parking lot to come back to in a minute. But first, I'd love to understand, I, I find it so fascinating, this idea of merging the technology with these fields of consciousness. And so I know it's also a little bit complicated, but can you explain a little bit more tangibly for people who may have trouble grasping, including me, on how this is then like focused, like where's it coming from? How's it created? And then how do we focus it on somewhere that's far away? Because this is super fascinating. Well, we have a machine and as Jeff said, it has all these coils and stacks and it pulls energy from what some people call the ether. It just pulls energy from the environment. It uh, focuses it and eventually concentrates it in an area where there's a, a quite a high consciousness field. And then from there, it goes out these stacks. We call them output stacks, input stacks and output stacks. And then the bottom of the output stack, there's an area that used to be about this big, Katie. It was like three inches by five inches, something like that. And we would put, when we're experimenting, we would put three three by five business, uh, not business cards, but three by five cards in there. And we make these little requests to divinity. You know, dear divinity, please, um, you know, help this person with, you know, they've got a problem with their, with their liver. They got really bad psoriasis. Please help them with their psoriasis. And we put that in the machine and you put the person's picture in because they had come into this, this inventor's place. They heard about them and uh, they would feel a positive benefit and maybe some of their psoriasis went away. So then we, you know, did more research on health and maybe discovered that well, if your liver is more energized, then that helps with psoriasis. So we've been making these more sophisticated requests over time. And one day, uh, this gentleman was, um, well, he was taking these crystals and charging them up and putting them around his house. And th- that's when Jeff came over to the space. It was, an, it was an extraordinary space. And he had a, he would charge up these crystals. And so one day he had this piece of a broken tabletop. It's a granite, granite uh, counter. And he put it in this space and was charging it up and he pulled it out and the phone rang and it was his friend and he was talking to his friend and he was on the phone for 10 or 15 minutes and he had this piece of marble in his hand. And he, when he hung the phone up, he realized that the arthritis in his hand was gone. He couldn't feel any more pain. And it was because he was holding on to this piece of crystal with this super high energy around it. And so um, he put it in his other hand and it went away and then, you know, after about two weeks, he noticed that the, the charge went out of the crystal. But in the meantime, he had been sending crystals to his friends, all to people all over the world, and they were holding it and their arthritic pain would go away. So we don't make health claims, but um, what he did was he put a picture of the, he put the people in the, in the, in the machine and then people would send it back or, or he would send them a new one. It was costing like a lot of money and courier fees. It was kind of ridiculous, right? Because if you send it by mail and it only lasted two weeks, you only have a week when it got there. So you'd overnight it and it would you know, just cost him a lot of money. So then we figured out that we could take a picture of the crystal 
and if it was a high enough resolution, you could put that in the machine and it would charge a crystal up on the other side of the planet. So then he had all these pictures of all these crystals in the machine and people were holding on to that and their, their arthritis was, was going away. And so that's how it works, Katie. So it's based upon the principle, as Jeff said earlier, of a unique identifier. So you have to have a picture of the crystal. What we eventually figured out is we could put, so we made this output, this high consciousness field at the bottom of the output stack bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's like three feet tall. We were putting all these addresses in it, you know, and we made our own machine and taking them out. It was like such a nuisance. Then one day we figured out we could put instructions in there to tell a technology to go to the database and take the, the instructions from the database and send and create that same field anywhere in the world. So that was the evolution of it. So now we have this database and we make these requests to divinity, as Jeff said, you know, please, like, please do this, please do that, please do this. All the good things you can imagine that you would ask for someone that you cared about. That's what we do. We ask for all these things to happen, all these, you know, and we can't really control what happens. We do have a lot of influence over the level of consciousness of the environment. And then we make all these requests. And then it seems that if the person is alignment with these requests, they happen quicker. And if the person is really resistant to the positive request, well, that's their own free will, right? So it can't make you have the life you want, but it does give you 10 times more energy with every increase in your level of consciousness. So let's say right now, the, the average home in America is about 250 out of 1,000 on the Hawkins map. Now, back in 2019, it probably would have been, I don't know, 350 or 380 or like that's the average, right? So you're going up perhaps two or 300 points on the Hawkins map of consciousness in a home. And every one of those points is 10 times more energy. So it's very subtle energy, but you have that much more energy to, to focus on the things you want and create the life that you're intending. So that's kind of how it works. Jeff, did you have any follow-ups or do, can I move into the EMF angle? Um, no, I think that's great to move into that because it relates to how it works too. Yeah, I figured that would lead to some good follow-up. I, and I know for moms, a lot of moms, this is a top of mind topic because obviously we have much more of these EMFs in our life than we did a couple decades ago and certainly than we did a couple hundred years ago. Um, and now with 5G, that's a big topic for a lot of moms and kind of the constant exposure to these different EMFs. So I would love to hear, I know you guys have done research on this and that there's a way that this actually can help with this EMF equation, um, but can you walk us through and explain what's going on in that situation? Yeah, so as we mentioned, we're testing properties for their level of consciousness to reach our promised level. Every, every day, new properties coming on every week on Saturday, uh, all the properties on the system. And we noticed we were getting properties that weren't at the level. They were 10 points, 20 points lower. And so we would find the property through using kinesiology. We'd call the, call the customer and we'd ask if anything's changed. And they were telling us very consistently that, oh, a smart meter you know, bank was put in last week or a new cell tower just got turned on across the street or we just got a new router, that there was connection between a lower consciousness environment and uh, a new EMF influence. And so we realized that, you know, that's an indicator of a lower health level, lower energy level, and uh, less life force energy there. And so we, that's kind of our perspective on EMFs that we look at energy 
or consciousness lowering EMFs because some things, some, some EMFs are positive, you know, the, the energy that our hearts emit when we're feeling loving, there's energies from the earth, uh, vibrations from the earth that are positive from the sun. So what we did is we researched, you know, what is the most appropriate material to harmonize EMFs? So you could try to block and deflect, uh, absorb. If you're deflecting, it's going to somebody else's house is to harmonize it or to put an overlay on it that has it become positive. And so shungite is the material that we discovered in our research that many people have also used. And it's something you can experiment experiment with at home. You can get sheets of shungite and you can put it onto a router or onto a smart bank, a smart meter bank. And what we had done with the FLFE technology is, so I guess I have to back up just a little. So we believe that there's an energetic essence associated with every material. And um, you can look at uh, homeopathy and other means that use very, very uh, low amounts of material to have an effect where the body is signaled by that material that we believe that is the energetic essence of that material. And so you maybe you're getting into multidimensional perhaps topics, but we, we were able to, we believe to, to grab the interdimensional essence of shungite and to add it to the service and then to request it to move into uh, EMF sources that are lowering consciousness. So we talked about this on webinars, you know, we were, planning this and we work the way we work is we we do it on ourselves in our environments then we expand to our staff and then we expand it to our customers people heard us talking about it and they said wow i'm having a terrible time with emfs i, I want to try this as soon as possible so we did a beta group with customers who were self-selecting you know they were saying i, re I really am suffering terribly and so we did, and there's a survey in our EMF section about that. So we, we did a survey after people came on. So we did this small group where we added the EMF mitigation, we call it, to, to the environment with Shung, the ener energetic essence of Shungite. And we also raised the level of consciousness of the EMF emitting devices. And at some point they become positive. So there's some overlay of positive energy that's we don't quite understand how it works. That's on top of the CMF wave, but we always want to test. So we had this initial survey and people were saying that it was the best sleep, you know, that they were able to sleep the next night better than they have in just years. And other people were just, my pain went away. My anxiety level dropped. My brain fog lessened. And some of that took some time to happen, but we believe that in an environment where EMFs are mitigated, that the body starts to repair the damage of all the, that perturbation that's occurring to us every day. And for me personally, it's anxiety. I feel like tension in my muscles when I'm in an environment that's high in EMFs. And if I turn off, turn on EMF mitigation with FLFE, then I feel myself relaxing. And that's what a lot of people reported 
and a lot of anxiety with children too. We get a lot of testimonials where people say when the service first came on, the children become less anxious, less irritable, easier to, easier to work with. So we have that research and we have some, some controlled uh, blinded studies coming through a researcher at the University of Pennsylvania with, again, uh, people that are EMF sensitives and they won't know whether they're on the service or not. It's, a, uh, it's going to be a, a six-month study. So we're in the process of getting that going. We do have some uh, research on our website currently, Katie. We found that with the, the nature of the subtle energy of, of FLFE, that you have to find the right devices to measure that influence. Uh, some devices just don't pick it up. So we found that a gas discharge visualization camera was uh, something that could really measure the influence. So we did a, a gas discharge visualization camera study, which is on our website. We did it with uh, Melissa Waterman, who was the practitioner who worked with Dr. Joe Dispenza when he was trying to measure the influence of consciousness uh, fields. And he might not have called it that, but, you know, he would, they would be in an environment and they would do, you know, experiments in the, where they would measure the environment with the GDV camera. And then they would leave the environment and focus energy on it and see what would happen in the environment with the GDV camera. So there was experiments like that. I'm 99% sure he did that. I don't want to speak to it unless I'm 100%. But they did experiments like that where they were looking at what's the effect of this teaching and what's the effect of meditation and what's the effect of intent on an environment. So we use the same practitioner and we have evidence of that on our website as well. So we're I mean, we're talking about a, about a lot of nonlinear esoteric concepts. And these express in the 3D physical world. And we have, you know, evidence that relates to proving that. And we have more coming. It feels like we used to be so excited about our evidence. And now we have so much more coming that it's like, oh, it's a new evidence. That's really exciting. But we had this already good evidence, right? Yeah, but we're getting more and more. So we're we're looking to have what we call a gold standard in, uh, in research and development in this area. And it, you know, it takes time because it's a relatively new area of science and there's not as, as many resources there are in other areas. So we feel that, that um, subscribers are the best or someone trying it is the best researcher. So we built, we built that into it where there's a free trial, there's no credit card, there's no automatic billing. You actually have to work to become a subscriber after the free trial is over. But that people have a control panel and they can turn EMF mitigation off. And then they can turn it back on, turn it on and off as much as they want. And see how they feel because we really want people to, to try it out. And you can turn the service off and on. You can do the boost that we said to raise the level. You can lower the level. So that... That to us is the first level of research is what's, what's the community, what's the FLFE community feeling and, and give them the tools that they can use to do that. And we find that um, primarily women, our, our uh, audience, you know, our community is, is mostly women. It's in probably in the high 80%. They, they um, don't tell their family all the time. So they really look to see what's happening with their children and maybe with their husband, their partner. So it's a blinded, they do blinded studies, you know, it's, it's a way to see what's happening. And some of the, uh, the stories are really 
uh, touching. I love that. And that ties into our earlier conversation about being your own primary healthcare provider and health researcher. And that's a great circle that we created there. This podcast is brought to you by Wellness. That's wellness with an E on the end. My personal care line focused on creating safe and natural products that nourish your body from the outside in so you can feel great about your family using them. I'm so excited about our best-selling mineralizing toothpaste that now comes in three different options. Our best-selling original mint, charcoal for extra whitening, and now strawberry flavored, which is absolutely a kid favorite. Unlike most toothpaste, ours doesn't have a poison control warning because it only contains ingredients that are safe and beneficial to your oral microbiome and to your tooth enamel. It's centered around hydroxyapatite, which is a naturally occurring mineral that's used in tooth enamel. It also contains things like aloe, neem, and green tea to naturally support the optimal oral microbiome balance in the mouth, which is a big factor because when the oral microbiome gets out of balance, it can go one of two directions, in the direction of strep mutants, which leads to cavities and tooth decay, or toward gingivitis. And those don't actually happen at the same time, but they're competing opportunistic bad bacteria. And our formula helps naturally work against both of those and support the natural microbiome of the mouth. Our thousands of happy customers tell us how much fresher their mouths feel and how their teeth keep getting whiter and stronger naturally. I'd love for you to check it out. You can check out our toothpaste and all of our amazing products at wellness.com. That's W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-E.com. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Valley. You might've heard me talk about them before because my family really loves all of their products, especially their beef sticks. But another one we use daily this time of year is their essential C supplement. Vitamin C is well known for its ability to support a strong immune system, and they use three of the most potent vitamin C-rich superfoods on the planet, the amla berry, the kamu kamu berry, and the acerola cherry for 450 milligrams of natural whole food sourced vitamin C per serving. Nothing synthetic, no harsh chemicals, just food. And this is important because food doesn't have the nutrient density it once did. In fact, because of the damage done to our topsoil from overharvesting and aggressive agricultural methods, the soil is less nutrient dense, and therefore the food that grows in the soil is less nutrient dense. In fact, one study found you'd have to eat eight oranges today to get the nutrients that our grandparents would have gotten from just one orange. And humans are one of the only mammals that don't make our own vitamin C, meaning it's vital to get it from diet. Studies have shown that vitamin C can benefit mental health, sleep quality, and of course, immunity. It can also lower the stress hormone cortisol in the body, which is a big deal this time of year, especially. You can check out their Essential C supplement and all of their products at paleovalley.com forward slash mama and use the code mama15 at checkout to save 15% on your order. So again, that's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com forward slash mama, M-A-M-A, and the code mama15 to save 15%. I feel like the EMF topic could become its own whole podcast and hopefully it will be as you guys do continued research on this. I'd love to circle back on it, but I love that you mentioned the idea of harmonizing versus just blocking because I think I've said this before, like EMFs are a thing that exists in our modern world. We can't fully hide from them. Even if we lived in the middle of nowhere, they now are in space and directed at the planet. We can't avoid them. So that brings the question of how do we 
mitigate or I love the word harmonize even more. And then more accurately, like how do we test that moving forward? Because we're talking about very nuanced technology and simple EMF meters may not, they might test the presence of those things. They might not test the effect on the body. And I think that's the actual important question because something might be present, but if it's not harmfully affecting the body or positively affecting the body, we're not really measuring what we think we're measuring. And so I love that you guys are getting very specific in that research. Um, and I love that you brought up things like grounding and the sun, which are wonderful sources of EMFs that I think often get discounted. And I'm a big fan of telling people, just when you wake up, go outside in the sunlight barefoot for 15 minutes. And that's one of the best medicines you can get and it's free. Um, and you kind of tie in that concept into this um, technology, which I know you've talked about. I'll make sure that that Free trial is linked in the show notes for you guys listening. That link will be at wellnessmama.fm. And you can also learn there's so much more information on your website than we have time to go into in an hour podcast. But like I said, maybe we can circle back and go very, very deep on EMFs as more and more research develops from you guys. But I do feel like we had an amazing starting point and fascinating conversation about this topic. I know, like I said at the beginning, this is a new concept for a lot of people. It can be hard to grasp. You mentioned some resources, including uh, Dr. Hawkins' work. I'll link to that in the show notes as well for anybody who's not familiar and would like to do some really, really fun reading. And in, I want to respect your time and the audience time today. But before we wrap up, I would love to hear if there are any books that have had a really profound impact on either of your lives and if so, what they are and why. Maybe I'll start. We've been talking about kinesiology a lot. And uh, Dr. Hawkins' first book, Power Versus Force, it's a New York Times bestseller. I pretty well dog-eared my copy. The pages are falling out because I had it open. You know, I, I open it up and forget to close it. And of course, that affects the binding. So that is um, that would be one for me. I could say some other Hawkins. Dr. Hawkins has a book. I think it's called Tell they're called healing and recovery or health and healing. I'm drawing a blank right now. It's the green one with the green stripe. That's been a big one for any time I've had a health challenge. I've gone to that. Let me pass over to you, Jeff. I think the, rec the recent book that's had a large impact on me is um, Super Synchronicity hmm. by, by Dr. Gary E. Schwartz. And it's extensive research into synchronicities and how they're, they're just so beyond chance you know they're just almost impossible and and what they what they tell us and for me it was that those synchronicities are pointing the way to 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 some either way of living or connection to someone else that that will fulfill some intention that i have that those synchronicities show up and um that they're it's a way of divinity speaking you could say or or a direction and in the flow of the universe. So I was really uh, struck by his um, scientific rigor that he brought to really studying synchronicity. So that, that was, that was one that really, really got me. That is a new recommendation for me. I'll put that in the show notes. And I also just added it to my Kindle. So excited to jump into that one. This was such a fun conversation. Like I said, I know we went in to some topics that might really be new ones for a lot of people. And I know that you guys have a lot of research if people are interested in learning more or maybe feel like they still don't understand how one of these things we've talked about works. And so I'll put some more detailed links to all of those for you guys if you're listening while you're driving or you're exercising. You can find all of those in the show notes. Um, any parting words or advice for anyone could be related to this or not? I think mine... I don't often give my own, but one from, that I have in relation to consciousness and our own 
expression into the world. I love in any interaction with someone to ask the question, like, how can I love this person best in this moment? Um, but I would love to hear any parting advice that either of you have. I'll start with that. Maybe give you a moment to, to think, Jeff. I, uh, I didn't know you were a doula when you were involved in, in birthing other children. So I don't know if that's a super synchronicity, but that's a cool synchronicity. <laughs> and I just got told to tell that story. I don't, you know, sometimes it's interesting to wonder where our thoughts come from. Really is interesting. We've explored that with kinesiology, you know, when we believe there's angelic realms. And when you ask divinity for help and to bless other people, you get, uh, you get helped. And um, I think love begets more love. And I know that your intention towards your, uh, the people you serve, Katie, is high. And it's one of the things we kind of tested when we were looking at talking to you. And it's like, wow, she's, she really cares about the people she talks to. So uh, I'm just grateful to be in the company of other people who have a good intent. And um, for some reason, my, science, my inner science geeks wants to just leave people with a possible experiment. Besides all the control panel and things in FLFE, well, actually, this, this does relate to the control panel. If there's an EMS, because your audience really in, is interested in that, you could put your hands on your router and, and then have somebody turn, like turn the EMF mitigation on and off on your control panel FLFE and see if your body moves towards it or away from it. Or a smart meter. Smart meters, I really notice. I don't know routers as much, but smart meters, it's like, wow. The energy, when I just hold that, it's like it starts to, I feel like I start to shrivel. And then when I turn on the EMF uh, mitigation with, in the control panel, then it's like I can just breathe and relax. I feel like, like my posture gets better. So that's a really practical, you know, do-it-yourself example of something you can just try. You know, it doesn't cost you anything. And, uh, you know, we love to experiment. We're kind of geeks, so. Just thought I'd pass that on. Yeah, and talking about fields of consciousness around us all the time and these peak experiences that we've had in our lives, like births, um, there's some timeless nature about those experiences where I would, I would say, let's experiment by just remembering or putting yourself back in that birth, that moment, or some peak experience. And that feeling is just there, like it's, like it's just today like it's happening right now and that there's a uh, there's a timelessness in these fields that we can then use to access any time that we need a boost you know that we're in a diff, you know a tough situation where our frustration or we're at the end of our patience to call in that peak moment that field to activate that field around us and um to, to resource, help ourselves be more resourced in that moment. So I'll just leave with that. I love it. I think that's a perfect place to put a pin in it for today, but hopefully future conversations to come. And for all of you listening, go definitely check out the other research available on their website, as well as their 14-day free trial. Unlike most things on the internet, you can actually just try it. You don't have to enter your credit card and give them your first child or anything crazy to try it. You can just do it. <laughs> and um, I'm very curious to hear from all of you listening, especially on the EMF thing and the self-experimentation, as this is, like I said, a topic that we are all going to deal with in our lifetimes. And I think there's great ways to do it that aren't just living in a cave. So uh, very grateful for you both being here today and sharing your research, which is, I think, a new fascinating realm for a lot of people listening. And I'm just learning about myself. So deep gratitude and thank, thank you to you both. Thank you, Katie.
Thank you, Katie. And as always, thanks to all of you for listening and sharing your most valuable resources, your time, your energy, and your attention with us all today. We're so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama podcast. If you're enjoying these interviews, would you please take two minutes to leave a rating or review on iTunes for me? Doing this helps more people to find the podcast, which means even more moms and families can benefit from the information. I really appreciate your time. And thanks as always for listening.